3: Tonight's Bible Talk program is pre-recorded and we will not be taking any phone calls.
4: Call area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. Good to be with you. And you guys know the routine. You know what day this is. This is open air Monday. That's right. Your time, your turn to call with questions about the Word of God. I fight the temptation that I have to come up with a challenge for you because I'm not really supposed to on Monday. So I could, but I try to leave it open air. For any questions that you might have concerning the Word of God, it could be something about theology, something about Christian living, something about uh, apologetics, either cult apologetics, historical, legal apologetics, whatever you've got, I'll do my very best to answer if you give us a call at area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. And, and there may be uh, some of you, maybe just a handful of you, who, you know, I've said something that you have problems with. With. Now, I cannot possibly understand why, but, but that happens in the world of theology. So, if that is where you are, then you can call with your question, your objection, something I didn't say exactly right that you want to correct. And you can call at area code 866 423 9578. That's area code 866 423 9578 to be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. And for all of you with just plain, simple questions, you've got questions about the Bible, questions about certain teachings that you would like clarify then this is the program for you this is why this program exists and so all you've got to do is call area code 866-423-9578 area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air bible talk with pastor emory moss and that is why i'm here is for you This is your program. Uh, All I have today is you and your calls. You set the teaching format. You set the the theology and theological subjects you want us to deal with. Just give us a call, and we'll be right on the air with you. Our phone lines are being filled up. We've got two lines yet open to a full, and so we're going to get to our callers right now, still encouraging you to call at area code 866-423-9578. Let's talk to a friend of mine, haven't seen her, haven't heard from her in a long time, need. In Kalamazoo. Hello, Denise.
5: Hi, Pastor Moss. Um, I got four questions since you got other people. I'm going to make it quick, okay? Okay. The first one is I've been invited to join the uh, Honor Society, and the letters are Delta, Alpha, Pi. Is there anything that a Christian should be aware of? I went to their informational meeting, and it seems pretty up and up.
4: It could be. What I would investigate are the, are there any initiation rights? What kind of initiation rights do they have? Now, if they don't have any or if they're very, you know, they have, there's nothing obnoxious or bad about them, then that's fine. What is the philosophy of the group?
5: Well, right now they believe in community service. Uh, You got to pay your little $15 dues. Um, um, Basically, to come to the meetings and, um, the community service, pretty much. That's what they really stress community service.
4: Okay, well, it sounds good to me. And so, unless uh, you know, without any more information than that, you could give it a try. Uh, but okay. you know, and I, I know you, you're a very discerning woman. And so if, any, if anything goes wrong, I'm not going to have to tell you anything. You're high it out of there. But uh, you can give them a try. But this is what to, to look out for in some of the groups. Okay. If there's any philosophical positions that they take that uh, could lead you in an unbiblical direction, or sometimes mm-hmm. their initiation ceremonies can be you know, very obnoxious and things mm-hmm. that are inappropriate. But oh, it's not that. They
5: don't do ple- sledging.
4: Okay. <laughs> you say they don't do what? Sledging? Pledging, you know, where they do that
5: obnoxious stuff.
4: Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. As long as it's not that, it could be very good. In other words, what I hate to do is to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, because you've got bad groups out there, it means that all of them are the same. It's not. That's not true. And so uh, I definitely need to test them. Yeah.
5: Question two. Uh I was reading in Genesis. I think it was Genesis um, 48, the last couple of chapters. Jacob was Sending out his blessings to all all of his sons. Okay. And when it got to Simon and Levi, he said uh, he was ashamed of them for what they did when Diana had been raped and how they killed the the sons, I mean, the men of that particular area. Uh Uh-huh. And then he says, and you also break the legs of animals. I didn't understand what that meant.
4: Okay, so you're here in uh, in Genesis chapter uh, uh, forty nine. For,
5: for, okay, forty nine. So sorry.
4: And uh, in, in, in which verse are you looking at here? I think that's where you are. Uh, when he first
5: first he starts with Reuben when he's uh, giving mm-hmm. the last blessings.
6: Okay. Says
5: Reuben and he says, "I can't bless you too much. You slept with my concubine." Right. And oh yeah. He goes, he goes to down. Simon. Little... Uh huh. Then he goes to Simon and Levi when they. Uh, Slaughtered those men.
4: Okay. And I'm trying to find, and then you're saying um, somewhere in this particular uh, place he deals with what uh, uh, happened with the incident concerning Diana. Correct. Uh
5: And he says, I thought he said something about um, you, you also broke the legs of animals.
4: I'm trying to find where your reference is here.
5: It might have been a different
4: translation, too. Mm -hmm. Could have been, because I'm trying to see, uh, in fact, even the passage that you're referring to. Because in 49, I see uh, everything uh, that you're saying. Reuben, unstable as water. Simon and Levi are brothers of uh, instruments of cruelty in their habitations. Talks about them. Uh, Oh, my soul. Uh, Come not into their secret, into their assembly, mine honor. Be not thou united. For in their anger they slew a man, and their self will they dig down a wall. So I see that, but the part that you are talking about specifically, I don't see in that particular. Then I'll have to
5: go back to uh, this particular. Um, reference and see, and I'll get it next time. I'm sorry, I just so glad you're there. I just wanted to call
4: in. Oh, that's see, good. So. That's good. You said you got two Revelation more questions. I,
5: seventeen. I, okay. Seventeen. Uh-huh. Now, this is the harlot, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and she's sitting on top of the beast.
4: Uh. Uh. Well, ex- exactly right. Exactly right. The harlot is sitting on top of the beast in Revelation chapter seventeen.
5: Okay. Now, later on, it talks about that they ate it, or this is, I didn't get that. I'm not
4: understanding that. Well, in other words, what's happening with all uh, with the um, uh, with the symbolism here of the um, yes. uh, of the woman, uh, the prostitute riding the beast? Well, here's yeah. what's happening in, Rev- in Revelation chapter 17. We're looking at this uh, this great ecumenical system that's going to arise. In verse five, in Revelation 17 and five, and upon her forehead was a name written: "Mystery Babylon the Great, the Mother of Harlots and Abominations of the Earth." Uh, so basically this is describing uh where uh uh, a world religion is coming Uh, ecumenicalism Mm -hmm. is going to it starts with that that's happening now where all the religions are going to be merged together as one uh in other words religions have to give up their distinct doctrines that make them exclusive abandon them and merge into this one world religious system that means christianity of course is going to be in trouble because they'll have to give up the view the view that is taught by christianity jesus said i'm the way the truth and the life no man comes to the father but by me all right so uh definitely uh you know john 14 6 has to go uh matthew 11 has to go all those exclusive things have to go so this harlot will be supported by the antichrist that is why it talks about the fact that uh, she is mounted on uh, on him. In other words, at first, the Antichrist st- starts out supporting uh, supporting her. Uh, uh-huh. b- but then what happens is you know what the Antichrist, uh, based upon the training I know you've had in the Bible, there's something that you know that the Antichrist is going to do. What's he going to do?
5: Declare himself as God. All right. So, no. okay.
4: so if he decra- declares himself as God, then what is does what is he, what has he got to do to mystery babylon destroy it destroy it exactly he's got to destroy that because he's going to set him up as himself up as the sole ruler okay and okay. as the one who has to be proclaimed in other words you can have no exclusive religion Uh, uh, without acknowledging him to be the God over all. And you have to take his mark in everything. So literally, uh, first he grabs political power, then he grabs religious power. And that's what's being described in Revelation chapter 17. She's riding on him because at first he supports her, uh, but then he turns around and then he destroys her. And uh, you're looking here. At verse 7, and the angel said unto me, and this is Revelation 17 and 7, and the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which hath seven heads and ten horns. And so the Antichrist is, uh, is uh, supporting her at first, then destroys her. Then, uh, then he, of course, now not only is he over politics, but now he's over religion. And right. he, he also has all uh, the other nations uh, under his rulership as well.
5: But if it's an ecumenical society, even that he
4: won't tolerate? Right, he won't tolerate it. Okay. Now, he may be, you know, now we have an example that, uh, that that comes to mind, exactly what will Antichrist do. First of all, you've got to take the mark of the beast, that's for sure, and yeah. you've got to proclaim him to be God. That's it. If you don't yeah. do that, then uh, you're not going to be able to survive in his kingdom. Um, the, the, now, the Roman emperors were very, uh, were very uh, interesting how they did it, you know, the emperors of Rome. Uh, you had to worship the emperor's God. Now, they didn't care if you honored your own deities as long as you admitted that they were like supreme rulers. Uh, that's what got the Jews in trouble, and that's what got the Christians in trouble. It's because Jews weren't going to do it. You know, they'd rather be killed than to acknowledge anybody but but Yahweh. And Christians, of course, acknowledging Jesus as God, we'd rather die. So uh, so it could be that when Antichrist comes, he may tolerate all right, people uh, worshiping the way they want, but they still must honor him as being the God overall. Okay? And unless they do that, and unless they take his mark, they're in trouble.
5: And then he finally says, no, you can't even worship anything other than me.
4: Well, that, Well, in other words, basically, even if he allows them to worship something else, he has to have the supreme worship. In other words, any exclusive religion is done. You know, in other words, any religion, for instance, uh, Christianity, of course, uh, definitely has to go down okay, because of the fact that Christians can't acknowledge uh, anyone you know, except for you know the Bible uh, and Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and, and uh, as God in human form. Islam also, Islam will be persecuted by the Antichrist because you can't be a Muslim unless you say that Allah is God and Muhammad is His Prophet. Uh, but Hinduism, you know, it's a lot of Hindus. They, he <laughs> might be able to deal with them because for them it's just like accepting another God to their pantheon. Uh, B- Buddhists don't even care about God necessarily; their lifestyle. So it all depends upon where they. But I, but so it could be that you're right. It could be that he just cracks down on all religions, so that you can't have any religion other than his. Or it could be that he might uh, be tolerant because he comes out of Europe. He and so he's in. If he walks in the shoes of the emperors of Rome, then what he would do is, I'm the supreme one, but you can have your other deities as long as they don't get in my way. Last question.
5: I'm going to make it quick. Uh, since Daniel was taken into the Babylonian captivity, he said when he was about a
4: teenager. Okay. Did he then become a eunuch? Yeah, they made him a eunuch when, he, when they captured him. That's what they did. Okay. Yeah, they All made him right. a Horrible Thank thing.
5: Thank you, Pastor Mom.
4: Yeah, that wasn't brought out. I used to read that, you know, Denise, but didn't realize uh, the importance of that until I saw a movie where they had, they actually acted it out. And I said, wow. Yeah, and eunuch, as you know, uh, yeah. their, uh, their sexual par- uh, parts are removed. Yes. It's horrible. He had a horrible uh, experience. But he served God well. Okay, thank you, Pastor Moss. Well, thank you, and I appreciate your call, Denise, as always. I think she answered, asked three questions instead of four, and she had time for one more, but Denise can always call back. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Any question you've got about the Bible, you can call it in on this particular program. The name of the program is Bible Talk. If you haven't heard uh, of this program before and you're here, stay here and put your Bible questions on the table. All right, Gary, I see you up there. Hang on. We'll be right back.
7: Puts, pars, and pastors. Tee it up at the 2021 Pastors Masters with WLQV, FM 92.7, and AM 1500 Faith Talk Detroit. Registration is open for this year's tournament Monday, September 13th at the West Wind Golf Club in Oakland Township. The cost is $20 for 18 holes and includes continental breakfast, lunch, prizes, and fellowship. Reserve your spot by logging on to faithtalkdetroit.com. Sign up yourself, a group, or gift the round to a pastor. Visit faithtalkdetroit.com for more Pastors Masters information meet
8: tim hey what's up he's the person you hired for your digital marketing strategy and when he's done battling aliens on his ps5 in his parents basement i'm sure he'll get right to work Why trust your digital marketing to one person when you can hire a whole team? Nationwide exposure, experience, and expertise. Let our team of experts focus on your digital marketing strategy so you can focus on your business. It's an easy decision. To learn more about Salem Surround or for a free, no-obligation digital audit, visit us at surrounddetroit.com.
7: Shop online at gotahalfitnow.com to discover great local deals and 50% off gift certificates for businesses around Metro Detroit. Spa Mariana, Birmingham's favorite day spa, is offering a $50 gift certificate for $25. Use it on an array of mind, body, and spirit treatments, including meditation classes, facials, or their signature Spa Mariana massage. Go to h a gotahalfitnow.com. That's gotahalfitnow.com to purchase a $50 gift certificate for just $25 to Spa Mariana in Birmingham. Tonight's
3: Bible Talk program is pre-recorded and we will not be taking any phone calls.
4: That number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emory Moss, where today all I'm doing is taking your questions. So you're the theologians, you're the biblical uh, students today. If you have questions, just ask them. I'll do my level best to give you an answer. Let's go to Gary in Pontiac. How you doing, Gary? Yes, uh, Pastor Moss,
9: thank you for coming out on this bad day. <laughs>
4: yeah, it's a rough one. Not too bad, so though. Good
9: talk to me. Well, my, my theme today is God is God is a spirit, may that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Right. If you have your Bible, maybe you can read that in John four nineteen 19 through 24. I'd like you to explain that.
4: Okay. What does that mean to you?
9: Well, the Jews say they're worshiping God. Mm-hmm. and it, And Islam claims they're worshiping God, Uh and all these other ministries say that they're worshiping God, but are they really? Because Jesus said if you worship him, you worship him in spirit and in truth. So if pastors and ministers or ministries out there say they have the truth, but if they don't have the truth that the early church had, then, um, well, if you... Can
4: you read it? Well, uh, yeah, we can. Well, we can read it, but not only do we want to read it, we want to break it down. And what we want yeah. to do is to examine exactly what this passage says. Now okay. here's the truth, that there are passages that have uh, can have a number of implications. But in many cases, if we use hermeneutics, we find out that there's one plain thing that's being brought out in the text. I think that's the way it is with this one, Gary. In John chapter 4, this is where it says. Now, remember here, Jesus is answering or responding to this woman who's talking to him. He is answering her question. He's not making a general theological statement. He is dealing with a question. Now, you may draw general principles from it. But if you're not careful, you might go beyond what he was saying. Notice verse 20. Here's what, uh, in fact, we would start verse 19, and you bring us to the right place. Here in John chapter 4, verse 19, the woman says unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Then at verse 20, our fathers worshiped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men are to worship. Now, that was her question. This is what or her statement, rather. This is what Jesus is going to reply to is what she said. She was saying that the place to worship, that's where Samaritans worshipped, is uh, on Mount Gizrim, it was called. So she's saying our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And you say that Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. All right. So she's arguing. Her argument, remember, is about places of worship. Verse 21, Jesus says unto her, Woman, believe me. He's responding to her now, Gary. Woman, believe me. The hour comes when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Okay, So he's telling her it's not about what mountain you worship on. See, she was trying to say that God was located on a certain mountain. Okay, He says, at verse 22, Jesus continued, You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour comes. And now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And, Gary, exactly what Jesus said here is what he meant. That the hour is coming where, let me let me finish, though. He's saying basically yes, to her, to just get what he's saying to her, that there's a time coming when you're not going to say he's on this mountain or on that mountain. God is a spirit. You can worship him wherever you are all right and also he's not just limited to the jews but he's not a god that you can put in a church building or put on a mountain when he said spirit he's talking about that he is that omnipresent one that can be reached by mankind everywhere now you have a well, comment
9: the samaritan woman believed he was a prophet by the things he, he told her but jesus is letting the whole world know he's more than a prophet well that's for he's sure god. that's
4: for, that's for sure in fact he wound up telling her that he was messiah Okay, that he was the one that she was looking for. All that's in that same text, Gary. All right, thank you. Number to call area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emory Moss. Let's go to Eric in Dearborn. Hello, Eric.
10: Hello, how are you today,
4: sir? Good, how are you?
10: Very good. I had a quick question. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, well, I'm studying in the Hebrew roots, and uh, something came across my mind just, just thinking. My question is, Why were there temple high priests at the same time there were prophets in the land? How did they work together?
4: Well, that's interesting. In fact, that is a good question. It's a very good question, a very fascinating question in terms of the different roles that God had operating uh, and ministries that he had operating in Israel. You know, there were judges who weren't. Uh, they they could speak prophetically, but they were just judges of of, of uh, Israel. There were uh, eventually there came to be kings. At first, it didn't start out with kings, as you know. Uh, Moses wasn't a king; he was a prophet. So you had uh, the prophets, you had uh, uh, the priests, uh, and you could say basically you had kings. the The job of the king, of course, uh, after God allowed it, because at first, you know, God was just working through prophets. But the king was to rule the nation. The priests were to carry out the religious teaching and also uh, the religious ceremony. They were the upholders of the law that was given. Uh, now, when we ask if I would ask you the question, who gave the law? Probably the best bet would be to say prophets, because that came through Moses, didn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so basically, what happens is that the prophets always rose up when Israel was not following the law of God like they were supposed to be. Whenever they messed up. Then the prophets came on the scene. In fact, uh, uh, priests sometimes, priests could be corrupted. Yeah? Uh, just like we saw Eli's sons, they got corrupted. God would bring a prophetic word to come against them. So prophets served as correction for Israel. That was their primary those, job. Now they
10: those did. I the, the, the Those high priests, if they were corrupted, that means when they go in to do temple worship, temple duties, that they would die on the spot.
4: Well, what happens is, you know, everybody says that that would uh, that 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 would occur. Some have written, in fact, that there was a long uh, uh, rope that they tied on them. So if they fell out, they drag them out. But actually, history doesn't really back that up. But one thing is for sure. God could destroy a priest that way. But in many but many times, what he did because uh, that can happen, look, we have that in leviticus don 't we remember those two guys that brought up that false incense before God and he killed him right away in Leviticus, yeah. so he could do that, but he corrected the uh, the people when the priesthood messed up, and the king messed up. prophets came on the scene, and that 's what the prophets were. they were the ones who um, Uh, would enforce the law, even when the priesthood sometimes broke down. Now, sometimes the priest didn't have to do bad. God just wanted to also, you know, have a prophetic word brought to the nation. So they worked, uh, uh, but primarily the priest taught, and the prophets did teach, but also they brought forth uh, the word of God in situations where Israel was going wrong. All
10: right, sure, sure, sure.
4: Yeah, it had a good balance there. King, priest, prophet. Very good question.
10: Yes, sir. Uh, can I have another question? You sure may. Slightly um, off. What do you think about that set that was out some years ago by Fred Price, the "Race and Religion"?
4: Now you know that's the one book he wrote that I did appreciate. Because some of the things that he said in that book were absolutely true. My problem that I've had with him uh, all, uh, you know, all along has been his word faith stuff. That stuff is just oh,
10: oh absolutely, yeah, That's that stuff is with.
4: yeah. That that book though was it was based on sound scholarship and well written, uh, and uh, more attention needs to be paid to that today uh, because God is not uh, in any way condoning any kind of prejudice or racism. So I do applaud him for that uh, book. That was a nice piece of work done by him.
10: Absolutely. Thank you very much. Have a good night,
4: sir. All right. Thank you. See, I'm fair. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. If you have any questions about the Bible, about the Word of God, about theology, about Christian living, please ask them. I'll do my level best to give you an answer. If I can't, my job is to look up and answer for you, all right? And I'll have to do that later, because some of the stuff is real tough. This Bible is no easy book, uh, but we thank God for the illumination he gives to all of us and to all of the teachers of the Word of God. We're going to go to Paul in Clinton Township. Hello, Paul. Hey, Pastor Moss. How are you, sir? Real good. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing better since you called, Paul, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, th-
11: well thank you <laughs> Praise the lord hey i here here's my question uh-huh. um I, I i've been ever since i've been saved i, I came through a brother in church and um, i learned uh, the, um, the when the rapture would become pre-tribulation uh-huh. uh pre the great tribulation but um i I spoke with a gentleman that has um a different view of when the rapture will actually take place and it was after the uh, the uh great tribulation and he was using uh what, Matthew 24 I think it was mm-hmm. and um some verses in Revelation here and they pointed out that the um the the rapture was kind of an idea that took place with Jer- uh with Darby and um Basically, um, what, in the 1900s, I think, he, he, you know, it came out, right? Um, but, you know, I'm trying to settle this fact, and I know we got all kinds of denominations, little splits and stuff on this. Um, can you help direct me on why I should believe pre-tribulational rather than post-tribulational?
4: Well, well I'm a pre-tribber, too, but I'm not a dogmatic pre-tribber. You know, I always tell when I start preaching this Paul, or teaching it, I tell people, now, look, if we're going through the tribulation, all right, and we're running and we have to hide and we hide in a basement, don't be looking at me funny saying I'm the guy who said we wouldn't be here. You know, (laughs) know? I said, hey, the bottom line is Jesus said, and and, and here's the thing. And in fact, this is a wonderful thing to discuss. It's a wonderful thing for people in the Christian church to discuss. It's a horrible thing to divide over and saying or calling a person a heretic because he's pre, mid, or post trip, uh, because of the fact that you know it's not an, an issue that unique. When Jesus comes back, if you believe he's coming back, when he comes, he's going to take you, whether you're pre trip, mid trip, or post. And uh, and there are great theologians on both sides, and, and they're orthodox. My mentor, I mean, a guy that uh, that, that that I absolutely love, Doctor Walter Martin. Okay, I didn't know until after he. Died died that he was, you know, I was reading a lot of his material, but not all of it, that he was a post-tribber. He used to debate with Josh McTowell all the time on it, because Josh was pre-trib. But I uh, am a person who believes in uh, a, a pre-trib uh, because of uh, a number of things that the Bible says. Uh, but uh, of course, a lot of that is how you uh, look at it, right? But definitely... Well, I, I, just,
11: I, I just... One thing that I couldn't understand or wrap my mind around is, is that I said, how could... How could the Lord allow his bride to be beaten and bashed, I, I, you know, and be destroyed, basically?
4: Well, well, I would say this. Christians have and saints have suffered throughout church history. Okay, In right. fact, what the Bible says is—and so, in other words, uh, we have to really clarify what the uh, pre-trib view is. Uh, the Bible is real clear concerning uh, persecution for us because uh, over, for instance, in—let uh, me find this passage— which is, uh, yeah, where it says in, in Acts chapter 14, verse 22, where it says, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith, that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. So it's for sure that uh, tribulation is not something that should be strangers to the saints at all. And that's not the pre trib position. The tri- pre trib position says that Christians can, have, and will suffer. From the wrath of man but what they won't suffer from is the wrath of God when God pours out his wrath upon the earth then uh, he's not going to have his redeemed uh, suffer that now a verse that we go to to demonstrate that uh, would be over in 1st Thessalonians chapter 1 for instance in verse 10 where it says and we'll read into it verse 9 and 10 for they themselves show of us and this is what Paul writes what manner of entering Uh, in we had unto you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Then verse 10, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Now, the Hmm. tribulation is called the day of wrath, the day of wrath, the day of wrath. So it seems like this is saying that, that, that that's something that can happen. He's taking us away from his wrath. So uh, not man's wrath. I mean, we Christians have died in the thousands. The Christians are being killed today. But it seems like the tribulation period, uh, when God's judgment comes, it's directed against the wicked world. Now we get that. Uh, can you hang on a few seconds more here? Sure. Because you asked a very good question. I want to give you uh, as uh, as much as you need to try to help to help with this, because it's a very good discussion to get into. But but in Isaiah, uh, when it talks about this, uh, also, it talks about um, uh, he talks about the uh, tribulation period and uh, he describes it as well. And what he says, and this is in chapter 13 where it says in verse 9, notice this, Isaiah 13 and 9, Behold, the day of the Lord comes cruel, both with wrath, same thing we saw in 1 Thessalonians, right? With wrath Mm -hmm. and fierce anger to lay the land desolate and he shall destroy it. Look at this. Behold, the day of the Lord. We believe, and most scholars all agree, this is talking about tribulation. Uh, Behold, the day of the Lord comes cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger to lay the land desolate and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it, right? Right. So it seems like that the tribulation comes, it comes to uh, uh, turn the uh, Jews who've been, uh, who are apostate back to Jesus, and it comes to destroy the wicked. It says in verse 10, for the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened, and it's going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. And then verse 11, and I will punish, not the world, but in Isaiah 13 and 11, it says, and I will punish the world not the church for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease and will lay low the hardiness of the terrible. So that's a pre-trib position that, uh, that the church will be raptured. Uh, not the, uh, uh, in other words, that doesn't save us from the wrath of man, which we are experiencing even now, but when God's final wrath comes, that's directed towards this wicked world. Wow. Wow. Now there's Very more. Good. There's more to it than that, you know. This prophecy subject, Paul is deep. Uh, that is why it's strictly biblical. If ever you had a chance to, I we're teaching classes on it on uh, Tuesday from eleven to one o'clock, and then uh, Thursday nights, uh, every other Thursday, which would be this coming Thursday, we have a class that goes from uh, from six to about seven thirty. And well, I mean, we're getting deep into it, looking at uh, the millennium, all the terms and everything. Just to let you know. Very. Very good.
11: Yeah. Well, how would someone even, you know, prepare for for the coming or for the great and terrible day of the Lord? You know, people say, oh, you got to get ready for it. I said, you know, two thirds of the people are going to die <laughs> How <do> you <laughs>
4: right, get ready right. for something like that. Well, the only thing you I mean, you know, the only victory that saints have doing it is over in Revelation, chapter 14, where it says, you know, don't take the mark of the beast. That's how you are victorious there. OK, is to not take the mark of the beast. So I'm with you. Yeah, get ready for it. No, get ready for Jesus to come. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. All right, nice talking to him. We've got to take a break. And We'll be right back.
3: This is Dennis Prager inviting you to join Mike Gallagher and me in Israel. Salem Media Group in partnership with Inspiration Cruises and Tours is headed back to the Holy Land this October for a 10-day trip to give you unprecedented access and views of a world you've likely only read or heard about. This is your opportunity to finally visit Israel. Register today, worry-free, until July 6th with no cancellation fees.
7: 500-555-2085.
3: We all want a solid Christian education for our kids and grandchildren, but sometimes it's just too expensive, right? Faith Talk has partnered with West Side Christian Academy in Detroit to offer middle school students 50% off tuition at tuitionvouchers.com. Combining Christian teaching and academic excellence, Westside Christian Academy prepares students to be productive citizens and future leaders with a Christ-centered worldview. Set your child up for success by enrolling them for the 2021 school year at Westside Christian Academy at half off. They provide a family-friendly environment. Small class size is perfect for 6th, 7th, and 8th grade students. Restrictions do apply, so read those carefully. Only a few tuition vouchers remain, so go to tuitionvouchers.com now or click on the Tuition Vouchers tab at faithtalkdetroit.com. It's half-off tuition for Westside Christian Academy only at tuitionvouchers.com.
8: Download the free Radio.com app at the Apple Store or Google Play to listen to WLQV FM 92.7 and AM 1500 Faith Talk Detroit. Anytime, anywhere, hear the very best in local and national Bible teachings and preaching from ministry leaders across the Motor City and around the country. Discover engaging faith-based programs, inspiring sermons, Christian talk, and local sports on WLQV FM 92.7 and AM 1500. Stream Faith Talk Detroit live on radio.com today.
3: Tonight's Bible Talk program is pre-recorded and we will not be taking any phone calls.
4: That number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emory Moss. Dan, Darlene, and Thelma, don't go anywhere. I know you're out there. I'm going to get to you as soon as I can. Please do not hang up on us, just hang on. And we have one line open that can be filled by someone who has a Bible question or inquiry. Let's go to Darlene in Detroit first. How you doing, Darlene? I'm blessed. Pastor Just Amos. great. You Thanks okay? for waiting. Yeah, I'm doing fine.
2: Okay, good
10: that you come out. Even though the weather is bad, but you still press your way. It's
4: my job. I got to do it.
10: Yes, get the word, get Jesus' word out. The true son of the living God. There you go. I have a question for you. Uh-huh. Do you, do you believe that we have to pay tithes and offerings? Do, do we have to pay tithes?
4: No, I don't believe that we're commanded to pay tithes anymore. They were commanded in the Old Testament under the Mosaic Law to do so. So I don't believe that we're commanded to. I do believe that people can still tithe, but if they tithe now, it is a tithe that is voluntary. It's not something that uh, under the Mosaic Law you have to do or you're, you're under a curse. Uh, we see the voluntary nature of it back in Genesis chapter 14, where uh, Abraham... Uh, that's what he did he paid uh tithes voluntarily through um melchizedek uh, that's what he did nobody uh told him or commanded him to do it but uh, uh that's what he did and he uh, offered uh, a tenth of what he had to god through melchizedek so that's fine we can we can do it uh that way if we like and that's because i don't think because i don't think
10: uh god will just curse you i the, I don't pay tithes. I give. A well, what happens is. Or something, but well, I don't think. I've never been cursed. But well, the thing is, but it's not. Never.
4: To listen to this, darling, Never base anything on personal experience. Personal experience will do you no good. What you've got to base it on is the Bible. Okay, if tithing is for today and we must tithe today, then everybody better start doing it. I'm saying that the Bible says it's not. You better believe me if I thought for in a minute that you had to tithe. In fact, to be honest with you, tithing isn't much anyway. It's only a dime on a dollar. But if people don't have it, you know... Uh, God, in fact, God really wants more than a tithe today, but let's see what the Bible says. And understandably, okay. that's always the important thing. That's the hardest lesson for pastors to get across is that it's about the Bible. It's not about my interpretation. It's about the Bible. If you can read your way around it, do so. But I'm telling you that in Genesis chapter 14, uh, verse, uh, 20, we see where in verse 19 and 20, and he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram. Uh, Of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. That's what Melchizedek uh, said to Abraham. And blessed be the Most High God, uh, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand. Uh, And then, and Abraham uh, said uh, to the king of Sodom, I have to lift my hand unto God, uh, the Most High, the possessor of heaven and earth. And it says at verse 20, that's when I missed, I'm sorry, and blessed be the most high God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he gave him tithes of all. So he tithed to Melchizedek, but it was voluntary. It wasn't enforced tithing, all right? He did that uh, uh, voluntarily, and people can voluntarily tithe today, if they like, following uh, his example. Uh, And his isn't the only example we could uh, follow on that uh, uh, either, because Jacob also Jacob tithe voluntarily in genesis chapter twenty eight okay in genesis chapter twenty eight he did the same thing uh he gave a uh he says at verse twenty two and this stone this is in genesis twenty eight twenty two and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that thou shalt give unto me, I will surely give a tenth unto thee. it was voluntary, okay they did it voluntarily no curse was right so um uh, uh, so, therefore, that was in the Old Testament, and nobody today, uh, Darlene, nobody is tithing like they were commanded to tithe under the Mosaic law. Moses had them tithing every three years, all right, and they tithed of everything. Okay, that was under the Old Testament law. Now, okay. in the New Testament, here's how we're commanded to give. If we look at New Testament giving, that is clearly broken down in Scripture for us uh, as well, where it tells us how to give, so we don't, you know, don't have any, uh, have to worry about it. It's very clear how it's to be done, and uh, tithing, you can tithe in principle, but the, the actual prescription for it, let me find that scripture for you, the actual scripture for it is over in Corinthians. Because Jesus,
10: Jesus said, be a cheerful giver. Well,
4: the, well, Jesus, yeah, Jesus did say it, and the one who uh, records that, the, the one who he inspired to write about it and break it down for us in a lot of detail was Paul, and so Paul does that. Let me find that for you. It's in Corinthians, and when we see what giving uh, is in the church, and this is what needs to be uh, enforced today, where it says in Second Corinthians chapter nine, is where we find it, where this is what Paul writes. Uh, turn turn your radio down a little bit. Okay. Where he says, and this is what Paul writes. This is in Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse six. But this I say. He which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Verse 7, 2 Corinthians 9 and 7. Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves the cheerful giver. So you give as you purpose in your heart. It should be sacrificially. Uh, Remember, all this uh, talk about tithing. Tithe is just a dime on a dollar anyway. We need to give more to the tenth to God. But the prescription for giving uh is found for us in Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse six through eight. Okay, thank you, Pastor. Okay, thank you. The Bible, the Bible, the Bible. That's what it's always about, my friends. Let's go to Thelma in Detroit. Hello, Thelma. Uh, good afternoon. Uh Pastor Moss. How are you? Real good. How are you?
2: Okay. All right. Let's go back in time um to the year about 1830. This scholar uh named Mr. John Nelson Darby. Uh-huh. Do you know him?
4: Yes, I know him. Yes, I have but, heard of him.
2: Okay. Could you please explain to me um what his views were regarding um the um, doctrine of pre-trib, how that came about. And if C.I. Schofield uh, and this Mr. Darby were um, scholars together and came to the conclusion about uh, pre-trib because this New teaching is going around. You're probably going to have a lot of questions about this.
4: Uh, What new teaching is
2: that? That the church is going to go through the tribulation.
4: All right. Well, family, that's a good question. Can you hang on? I can. We'll come back and deal with that. We'll be right back.
8: Hey, it's Laura's story. Alaska will truly take your breath away. If you've ever wanted to see grizzlies catching salmon or humpback whales leaping from the water, I hope you'll join Salem Media Group and our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours, this summer to experience all this and more as we draw closer to the creator for seven unforgettable days. Go online to deeperfaithcruise.com to register worry-free until June 8th. Deeperfaithcruise.com Attention smokers who are fed up with drug side effects, expensive gimmicks, and wild product promises. Our client Marilyn used to smoke, but Alpha Lifestyle Center changed that forever. Smoking is like stealing happiness from your future, and it doesn't have to be that way. It's a lot easier to follow a great plan than to create one and she would tell you that a free online masterclass at quitwithalpha.com can change your life like it did for her. At quitwithalpha.com, you'll discover a modern system for helping smokers transform themselves into people who want to quit smoking and who actually believe they can quit smoking. For the most responsible, reliable, and exciting help to quit smoking available anywhere, visit www.quitwithalpha.com to register for a free online masterclass you can watch immediately you don't have to see the whole staircase just take the first step at www.quitwithalpha.com here at faith talk our desires for you to grow in the grace of god unlimited grace with brian chappell blesses our airwaves every weekday with the good news of our lord get a modern teach talk perspective on scripture and real world problems unlimited grace with brian chappell Listen
3: to Unlimited Grace with Brian Chappell weekday mornings at 11 on FM 92.7 and AM 1500 or online at
8: faithtalkdetroit.com.
3: Tonight's Bible Talk program is pre-recorded and we will not be taking any phone calls.
4: That number to call area code eight six six four two three nine five seven eight area code eight six six four two three nine five seven eight to be on the air Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss and I appreciate this listening audience so much. Why? Because you worked to me. That's why I come up here is to work, and you caused me to work today. And I'm headed from here to the church where we'll be going into the Bible again, into Galatians, and looking at uh, uh, the book of uh, the letter of Galatians written by Paul with a focus on biblical eschatology. I think that's very important in this time to begin to relate the Bible not only to what's happening today, but to what's coming in the future. And we'll be talking about persecution in the church and a lot of things. That's tonight at 10709 Grand River, uh, there uh, near Oakman, at Strictly Biblical Bible Teaching Ministries. Uh, We welcome you to be with us. Hello, Thelma. You still with us? Yes, I am, sir. All right. I would say this. I wouldn't get, if I were you, wrapped up in the, uh, the historical analysis of Darby and Schofield. I would what I'd like for you to look at, though, are the biblical reasons why uh, they believe what they believe. And to be honest with you, whether a person is mid-trib or post-trib, what are the biblical reasons for them believing what they believe? Uh, some say, well, you know, uh, nobody believed in the rapture. Well, there's a lot of things that the church really didn't understand until later. when It didn't become crystal clear to them. But let's see what the Bible says. Now, in terms of it. Um, uh whether you're pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib, let me say this to you. You better be careful. You better be careful not to do, be too dogmatic. Because there's one thing that's clear in the teachings of Jesus Christ, and there's no way to get around it. I would say this, Thelma. For instance, in Matthew chapter 24, what can you do with this? Where what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 42, watch, therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord comes. He said, you don't know when he's coming. OK, so that means you need to be ready all the time, doesn't it? Verse, yes. verse 44. Therefore, be you also ready for in such an hour as you think not. OK, the son of man comes. So if you're one who says well, all these signs have to take place before the Lord ever appears. I don't know. This kind of works against that. Therefore, be you also ready for in such an hour as you think not the son of man comes. Now, this is in Matthew 24 and 44. But then Jesus still wasn't through with that subject over in Matthew 25. He's still talking about it. And he says in verse 13 of Matthew 25, watch, therefore, for, you know, neither the day nor the hour wherein the son of man comes. And then, Thelma, to me, one of the most amazing verses of Scripture that I ever read on the subject is where it seems like Jesus is talking to. Now, follow me with this, Thelma. Follow me with this. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. seems like here Jesus is talking to pre-tribbers, mid trippers and post trippers And here's what he says. He says in verse 35, watch you, therefore, for you know not when the master of the house comes mm. at evening. OK, post uh, 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 that would be post-trib midnight i'm sorry that would be mid-trip at evening mid-trip midnight post-trip or cock crowing or in the morning pre-trip jesus says you don't know okay but he says least coming suddenly he finds you sleeping and here's what he says at verse 37 and this is what i preach and what i say unto you i say unto all pre-tribbers mid-tribbers or post-tribbers watch any view that makes you not watch gets you in trouble if the pre-trib uh, view makes you not watch, you're in trouble. If the mid-trib view causes you not to watch, you're in trouble. If the post-trib view causes you not to watch, you're in trouble. Watch. Because one thing about it, his return is soon, he will come suddenly, and it's imminent. Mm-hmm.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Thank you, uh, hon. I, thank you so very
4: much. I appreciate it. I appreciate your call. All right. We've got how many minutes we have, Dominique? Four. We got four minutes. That's enough for Elder in Highland Park. How you doing, Elder? How you doing, Pastor Moses? Good. How are you?
10: Good. Good. I
4: only got four minutes here, so I'll, I'll make it quick. Here. <laughs> okay. Uh,
10: did um, well, would the devil wanted to uh, possess uh, Moses' body?
4: Well, the Bible doesn't say he wanted to possess his body. It said he wanted to oh, take again? his body, not possess it. Oh, you meant by Paul oh, possess meant to it to own it? it?
10: Oh, yeah. I'm gonna yeah. say it wrong. Oh. Uh, what do you think he wanted to do with it? <laughs> we don't know.
4: You know, because what happened, one one thing I learned from um, a Church of Christ program once, it was called Let the Bible Speak, and they said when the Bible speaks, speaks, and when it doesn't speak, shut up. (laughs) Because if the Bible Bible doesn't tell tell us... You're running out of time, so I'm gonna call you tomorrow. <laughs> okay, make sure you do, my friend. I appreciate okay. it very much. All right. <laughs> you have to tell people that, you know? We are supposed to be biblical theologians and biblical pastors, bible teachers. We gotta preach what's in the Bible. If there's something we don't know, we don't know it. And if there's something the Bible says you don't know, oh you better believe you won't know it. So don't waste your time buying books that write and write and write and talk and talk and talk. And you've spent 10 or $20 on this book, and it really doesn't answer the question. Because if the Bible doesn't tell you, then nothing else is going to be able to tell you. Don't believe the people who say, well, it's not in the Bible, but God spoke to me. Oh, yeah? Oh, it could be. But I'm going to make sure that what you said came from God, because it better not contradict anything that's in the Bible. Friends, at the end of the day, it's about the Word of God. I got a real good compliment uh, Sunday in church. You know what it was? A guy came down and he told me, he said, you know, it's so refreshing to be in a church where the preachers preaches to us straight out of the Bible. That's right. I'm preaching through the Bible now, book by book, about to finish with Acts and go into Amos. And it is good to see a church where everybody opens their Bible and follows right along with the message. That's what it's about. That's why Strictly Biblical is called Strictly Biblical. That's how all churches should be is Strictly Biblical. The Bible covers everything. And we need to let people know the Bible that is the kind of product that the church and pastors are to produce for our Lord in heaven, right back to the Bible, back to the bread of life and so if you go to a church where you can sit there and you're not opening a Bible, my only question is, what are you doing? What are you doing? You can go to church and not have to bring your Bible with you. say, "Well, they show it on the screen. I don't care what they show on the screen." I want to have my Bible in my hand, okay, because just like I question what the pre- preacher is going to say, not hostily, you know, but I just want to make sure it's coming out of the Word of God. I'm going to question what comes across the screen as well. No, you should always have your Bible at church, right? So you can search the scriptures. That's the job, okay, to see if those things that are preached are so. Okay? You want to learn everything you get from the Bible. That's what it's all about. And I love bringing this program to you. Hope I can continue to do so. To do that, I do need your help. I do need donations. You can send those donations to P.O. Box 05879. That's P.O. Box 05879, Detroit, Michigan, 48205. Make out those checks to Bible Boot Camp Ministries. Appreciate it very much. Uh, send any donation that you like to send to keep this program going. To let you know it cost us about $2,000 a month to keep this radio show going. We've been able to do it. It's been phenomenal. That has been a blessing from God and God working through you folks to do something like that. So we do encourage you to continue to give. And I'm headed right now to church with my Bible in hand. And we're going into the, uh, the letter or the book of Galatians, if you want to call it that, Momentarily, We're located at 10709 Grand River. That's 10709 Grand River near Oakland. We'll see you there at Strictly Biblical Bible Teaching Ministries. And uh, God bless you. All I got to say to you, keep reading your Bibles, and I'll see you next time. sponsored by Bible Boot Camp Ministries.